What's up, everybody? Welcome into another edition of SSPN Offseason, Ethan. And this is going to be kind of a, a conversation-like episode, Ethan. Mm. You know, obviously, as we've mentioned in like the past three podcasts, clips, whatever we've released, it's the dog days of NBA summer. You can go to another NBA channel and, and you'll see the same thing. I forget which Locked On podcast I saw recently, but it was funny because it was like after we opened up that podcast a couple weeks ago, uh-huh. talking about how like, man, these are, <laughs> we're in the trenches, I think is what I said when it came to news. It was like the other day on my Twitter feed, I saw another Locked On NBA podcast that was like opening it up with like, we're in the dog days of summer or something like that. So it's not just us, Ethan. Everybody feeling it but me and you we, we've kind of talked about some ideas behind the scenes maybe some stuff to talk about to kind of hold us over in the interim um mm-hmm. and the thing that that has kind of popped up for us this offseason the most or just something that stood out in our minds something we wanted to talk about you know in a podcast setting like this it is brian wright in his mentality Obviously, you guys see the name of the video, you see the thumbnail, it's Brian Wright's blueprint, and that's what we're going to talk about a little bit today. We're going to give our opinion kind of on what we've seen, you know, when you take in the full context of kind of everything since the DeJounte trade, or maybe even the the Derek trade was before the DeJounte trade, right? Yeah, that was at the deadline, and then it was in the offseason. So really that Derek White trade um, two seasons ago at the deadline, taking all of that, you know, context into account, Ethan, you know, we kind of saw the clearer picture, obviously, with the Spurs record this season going for Victor Wembanyama and, you know, getting blessed once again, winning the lottery. All of those decisions kind of led up to that. And not to go too long here, because I definitely, obviously, I want to hear what you have to say, Ethan. Mm -hmm. But the other thing about this is that well, you know, I'm just going to let you talk, Ethan, because I, when I did that, I ended up losing where I was at there. So just just tell me your thoughts on kind of the the whole, just this whole saga that the Spurs have been through um, under yeah. Brian Wright and kind of what, it, what it's told you about him as a GM. Yeah, well, to start from the beginning, he was kind of dealt, not a bad hand, but like a subpar hand when he kind of took over as the Spurs decision maker. When we had DeMar and Lamar, an aging LaMarcus Aldridge, and kind of an old team in general, Patty Mills, Rudy Gay, and it's like, okay, where do we go from here? And at times it felt like he wasn't making the best the best decisions, especially in the moment. But hindsight is twenty twenty. Looking back on it all, he was like a chess master, carefully moving pieces, you know, seemingly not box office decisions, the Derek White trade, the the DeJounte Murray trade, um, trading Josh Richardson for like five second round picks. Uh, buying out LaMarcus, trading DeMar for a future couple first-round picks that might end up being pretty valuable depending on how Chicago's season pans out next year. Um, Obviously managing to get a protected pick from Charlotte, Atlanta's future first that also look like they might be valuable depending on how things work out with Trey Young. Um, And DeJounte obviously just got an extension. But all these little moves that now that we're sitting here with Victor Wimbanyama on our roster, with guys like Keldon Johnson. We had three lot three first-round picks last year, Jeremy Sohan, Malachi Branham, and Blake Wesley. It's like, okay, this rebuild did not take nearly as long as some of us may have been expecting. And I know we're still technically in a rebuild. I'm not saying we're going to win a championship next year or even the year after, but suddenly it's clear that there was a plan in place, 
and the pieces have finally fallen in, into place. And it's like, okay, we're, we're, we're getting ready to start checking people, dude. Like, like the chess game thing. We're, 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 in a, we're in a good spot. We have a pawn one space away from, from becoming a queen. We got his king in the corner. It's like, okay, the Spurs suddenly, according to Bleacher Report, have the number one young core in the NBA. So it's like clearly he's been making the right moves despite on occasion you and I disagreeing with, with you know what they were at the time. Yeah, man, there, there's a lot of stuff that, that you touched on there, but yeah. you know, it, it's, it's so important. So like, I mean, you, you just touched on kind of maybe we've disagreed with some of it in the past. The thing that, that sticks out in my brain is the DeJounte trade. I held yep. on. I've still got his jersey up. It's kind of covered by the, the two fantasy football trophies there, but he's, I, I still haven't really let it go a little yeah. bit. I mean, no, I definitely have at this point. I just had to make the joke about the jersey still being up, um, uh, especially with how everything turned out. Um, but, but in the moment I was like, why are we doing this? You know, this seems like a, you know, a potential franchise point guard, you know, a defensive stopper, you know, he's been, you know, he, he learned under Kawhi. He's, he's, it's like, it steals easy. And then of course, you know, I mean, while there hasn't been anything that's been like, DeJounte hasn't done anything to get himself in trouble. Um, I just will say that since that situation happened, he, I would say that he's shown sides of his personality that kind of revealed to me why the Spurs ended up doing what they they did. And I'm sure also on the court w- w- was a thing as well with the way that the Spurs are moving with their play style. Um, I don't think that DeJounte necessarily fit that um, on top of just being, you know, about four or five years older than kind of the rest of the roster as well, just in a different place, kind of becoming an all-star, et cetera, et cetera. Right. But he, he was, he just became an all-star and we trade him immediately after, you know? So that's why I was kind of like, you know, you just don't know how all these other guys are going to turn out, but he, he knows his guys he's picked Ethan. And, you know, I think we, we, we may have talked about guys that he's picked in the past. And I, and I think we were mistaken actually, because for some reason in my mind, Ethan, and this could have been, I mean, eons ago, I don't know when this podcast was, it, it, or it was at some point, I think during this season, but mm-hmm. we were talking about, um, his draft picks. And I believe we were referencing his first draft as the Lucas Samanich Quindary Weatherspoon draft. And those were kind of the two that we, we talked about that maybe what, what weren't the best picks, but I just went on his NBA.com profile. He became the general managers for the Spurs in July of 2019, which means he didn't pick that draft. So we might've just been thinking summer 2019, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, and, yeah. and thinking that he made those picks when he actually didn't, his first picks were Devin Vassell and Trey Jones. So, I mean, yeah. when you go, when you start to look at the Spurs draft picks, other, I mean, we don't know how Primo would have ended up turning out, but that was completely out of his control. That wasn't anything basketball wise. Um, and then who was this? I'm forgetting the second round pick in the, the Primo draft. I was trying to pull it up. It was um, the sharpshooter that's no longer with us from Iowa. Oh, Joe Wieskamp. Joe Wieskamp. Right. Yeah. Okay. So you could say that that's a, that's a little bit of a scratch draft, but we didn't cut Wieskamp, um, we, we cut Wieskamp basically because we picked up Romeo in the trade with the Celtics. So it's like, you see what I'm saying? The person that we're playing over him is an asset that Brian, an asset because of Brian Wright, essentially. Obviously the Spurs front office and, and RC Buford and Pop are still involved as well. So I don't want to, you know, like we definitely got to give them still some credit. Um, but still, these are moves that are like, you know, the final okay was Brian Wright. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. it's like, okay, you can say Primo, you know, that's an asterisk. 
Wee's camp, you ended up cutting him, but it's for somebody else that you picked up that you felt like was better for this season. And then at the end of the day, also, when you look at the team this year, you signed Julian Champagny, who we would probably both agree has a higher ceiling than Wee's camp ever did. God bless Wee's sure. camp. Hope he stays in the league. Um, but y- you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. there's so many, like, for every deficiency that you find, you know, other than wins and losses, but that was just the nature of last season. That was kind of the goal at the end of the day, anyway. Um, it feels like you can find, you know, something that, that substituted it. Like I said, you know, if you want to say, um, if you want to talk about, uh, Wee's camp getting cut, you can mention Champagny or Romeo. If you want to talk about losing Josh Primo, let's talk about the three first round draft picks we had last season, Ethan, where we picked two guards. You know what I'm saying? To kind of make up for that because of the other moves that Brian Wright has made. Now, granted, I think we would have had those picks regardless of, um, of, of, of the primo situation but still you know because you were in that situation where you can have for two first round t- picks and we'll have to see how blake wesley pans out you know that's probably the biggest question mark right now but after last season you look at jeremy sohan and malachi branham and it's just like you know like i said the the 2021 draft is kind of a just an unfortunate thing in itself um but the other two trey jones devin vassell guys part of the roster moving forward right Mm-hmm. Um, and then you've got Jeremy Sohan and Malachi Brown, <laughs> like other two established dudes. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So we, we know the draft, the draft record has been, has been really solid. And if someone wants to hone in on 2021, I, sorry, I'm just, I'm just giving him a little bit of a pass there. And I think that that's okay. And, and reasonable. Um, but then on top of that, you've got all the assets that we've picked up, Ethan. It's, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, these are our newest Spurs, Ethan, uh, are the prime example. Shetty Osmond, Reggie Bullock, obviously Lamar Stevens left. Um, but campaign is another one. I mean, those are all trades where we just had the assets in the cap room because of the situation that Brian Wright put us in, essentially, you know, with the help of everybody else who, who works around him. Uh, we were in the position to where we were, you know, the prime suspect to help facilitate these trades and take on some pretty solid role players for a young team that, like we said, at the worst, these dudes are going to benefit our guys in training camp. Whoever gets cut, which most likely I think two of those three, Ethan, that we have to cut is is going to be Devontae Graham and Kem Birch. So really, you know, two out of those three in Shetty Osmond, Reggie Bullock and campaign are going to be on the roster. Um you know, minus say like campaign doesn't want to play for the team, which we've talked about before, but even in that situation, then you get Shetty and Reggie. Um, like these, these are just moves that are going to benefit the team regardless. Like, okay, Reggie beats somebody out. That means he beat somebody out. And then you've got a shooter, a veteran shooter who's played on a lot of different teams with multiple different stars to play alongside, you know, when in his first year and help the team. I mean, there's just, I know I'm going off a little bit here, Ethan, no, you're fine. talking for a while, but like, there's just, there's so much stuff that he does well. I'm even losing my train of thought again here. Getting no, no, up you're and all this stuff I'm saying. You're all right. I mean, the, the blueprint, like you're saying, it was a hundred percent clear. It was bring on valuable assets, role players, and then build up their trade stock, trade them for second round or first round picks or pick swaps. So we've accumulated all these assets and these draft assets. We didn't even talk about Jay Rich. We didn't talk about Jay Rich, Jakob Pertle, 
Um, all these guys that we've moved on. And we still managed to fill the roster with solid players. Like you were saying, Champagny, Devontae Graham filled a role for us last year in the absence of Charles Bassey. Charles Bassey was another guy that we signed from, from the trash heap. He was able to find guys off of Philadelphia. They just yeah. threw away and they became very valuable role players for the Spurs. And now we end up with campaign Bullock and, and Chetty Osman who, I mean, there's really a no losing scenario for the Spurs. Um, with those three players like one of them might be cut sure but you can hang on to them and they can play valuable minutes for the Spurs next season and really help develop our young guys or you can trade them at the deadline and continue to accumulate first and second round picks for the there's no losing situation with these guys and we can we still have cap space we're still probably top 10 if not top five in the NBA as far as cap space available going into next offseason i think i think actually paul garcia tweeted here keep keep talking ethan i'm gonna pull up a, a tweet about that actually yeah i mean i don't know what the question would be going into next offseason do we make try and make a big splash play to get another free agent uh signing i doubt it i think we'll just continue to move meticulously and thoughtfully as brian wright has done since he you know came on board and what I love about what Brian Wright's been able to do and the entire Spurs front office shoot is it, it reminds me of like like when you first started watching Marvel movies. I don't know if you're into the MCU, <laughs> but like yeah. you're like, oh, these are just fun movies. And then you, you see Endgame and you go back and watch them all and you're like, oh my God, this was all planned. Like you had no idea these little details. I was, were I was so the guy who watched them all, you know, like I, I went and watched like all of them in order again yeah. before, before Endgame came out. But I, I totally get what you're saying. Like you didn't realize it when you're growing up watching the movies or us, yeah. you know, just watching these moves that the Spurs are making. We weren't realizing the whole time they're setting up for Victor Wembanyama. Um, Literally. And, you know, it, it makes sense because of the timeline, but. We just, I don't know, we're just, we're not GMs, Ethan. You know, we're yeah. so caught up in the now being fans, you know, doing this show on YouTube that, you know, that even though it was kind of in front of our face, we, mm-hmm. we still didn't even see it. But I think a lot of Spurs fans didn't realize that until really this season, which of course was after the Derek and DeJounte trades at the deadline and in the offseason. And once we did that, then it was like, okay, things are kind of clear. But it wasn't clear until it was like, okay, this is like the tank year. You know what I'm saying? Which is also typical uh, for for Spurs fashion. But that tweet yeah. that I was talking about, Ethan, I'm about to get it up for us here in a second. So shout out to Paul Garcia. Um, he works with... Uh, what is it again project spurs that's that's the name of it yeah um og but as you can see right there ethan so though we don't know the official terms of mamu and sissoko's deals the spurs are projected to be one million over the salary cap now that all players have officially signed their deals um san antonio is 28.2 million under the tax but that's really the key honestly i'm glad we brought up this point ethan because while or i brought up this tweet because while um you i forget exactly how you the point is we do still have cap space (laughs) because the tax is all that matters yeah and and tax is all that matters uh Mm -hmm. under the new cba so even though we are over the cap like i was right in that it's also like your point is still correct because everybody still keeps dipping into the tax anyway like Mm -hmm. we still have 28 million left in the in the tax which a lot of teams don't have and we're going to cut three guys before the season starts and we have expiring deals going yep. into next offseason. And we'll probably trade a couple contracts at the deadline. 
and the trade market has been to me the most valuable part of Brian Wright taking over for the Spurs because we were never active in the trade market. And it, it, to be frank, we were bad at trades. Like I think back to um, Rudy Gay, Patty Mills, Lamarcus Aldridge, Marco Bellinelli, like a bunch of veterans he that we had should to have go traded out of the Spurs norm. Sorry, yes. to interrupt you. No, you're fine. We had we should have traded those four guys way prior to when they actually left the Spurs. And I think that that situation, we bought all those, we bought LaMarcus out and I think we just let Patty and Rudy and, and Marco walk after yep. their contracts yep. ended. So we didn't get anything from those four players. Yep. We traded DeMar. That was a great decision. And then from that point forward, it was like, okay, we're going to trade everyone at their peak like abilities so that their, so that their value is like through the roof. So we got probably way, way too much for DeJounte, to be to be completely frank. We probably got a little, you know, Derek White's trade probably ended up being right where it should have been because but, of his Okay, but think of the assets we got off of that. That's the thing. Not because wrong. we got Jay Rich in that trade. So that's yep. four second round picks right there. True, true. I didn't think about that because we flipped Jay Rich, who was worthless in the NBA <laughs> when we got him. To be frank, I mean, no offense to Jay Rich. I love him. We revived him. We revived him. <laughs> He was a throw-in to make money work. Like he wasn't even playing. He for was the supposed Boston to Celtics. be what what he was for us. The crazy thing is, is what he was for us is what he was supposed to be in Boston. Yeah, and I mean, poor poor Jay Rich. I mean, in Miami right. was his peak, and then he went to Philly, where he was like pretty good, and then it just kind of gradually dipped when he went to Dallas and then Boston. Like he had shooting lows, comes to the Spurs, reignites his career. We get four seconds from him and Devonte Graham. <laughs> who wasn't playing for the Pelicans, who now plays for the Spurs, who probably boosted his trade value because he had like a 30-piece and was just chucking shots. Now I'm sure there are fans like in L.A. or New York that are like, Devontae Graham's the guy we should be going for, a shooter, you know, a backup point guard. So suddenly we're probably going to get a couple seconds for him. Like, like we're just rekindling these guys. Chetty Hosman's probably going to win six-man of the year now because he's on the Spurs. He's going to have like an incredible, Dude. incredible season. Dude, while you're talking, I'm just realizing Jay Rich literally just took like a, hey man, <laughs> like we traded him, bro. Play two semesters here with Pop. Yeah. Get your get your get your stuff back together. Like it was here's NBA like boot camp. <laughs> like mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Like, Pretty much. Come to Pop boot camp for half of two seasons. Look. You'll be a free agent. You can go back to Miami coming off a finals run in a role where they need you. And really, if we want to talk about like the two systems in the NBA, like the the Heat are very similar to the Spurs, not in necessarily play style, but in the sense that they can have dudes like Max Struess and Duncan Robinson like be playing big in playoff games like we yes. had Jay Sims doing the same thing because of the, the the culture, the heat culture that Pat Riley, you know, um, Eric Spolstra culture that that just, you know, disseminates throughout the building, especially when you got a guy like Jimmy at the head of it. Um, but enough about the heat. The point is, I think I think Jay Rich is going to do well in, in Miami. I think he'll do similar to how he did in San Antonio. Um but we, we already mentioned how we were happy about Jay Rich before, but I'm so glad you touched on this, Ethan, and, and you touched on Devontae Graham as well, because earlier when I was talking about this and, and just talking about the aspects of him, it's not just that, you know, he's drafted well or that he's put us in the position 
to where we're able to, you know, be a part of these three team trades to facilitate and gain assets from around the league because of the position we're in. But it's also what he's done on the trade market, like you said. I mean, and and that's how I kind of when I interrupted you there and I mentioned like the Spurs were not like that. We did not do midseason trades, like especially like of our key players. And I know that that was a good decision considering the position that the Spurs were in and what they had coming up on the roster with guys like Keldon, Devin, and Trey. Um, but at the same time, you know, like I said, in the moment, it's like Derek White and, and DeJounte Murray were kind of your stabilizers. They were the two guys who knew how to run the offense, you know, mm-hmm. yeah. Pop had built both of them up. Um, and, and, you know, I didn't, it, it almost felt like when we traded Derek, that okay, that was the decision. Like mm-hmm. as much as as much as like as over time the DeJounte thing has made more sense. In the moment that season, it was like, okay, at the deadline, there was a little bit more smoke, but it was like, are we gonna trade Derek or DeJounte? Because it feels like now that we've played half a season with both of them, unfortunately our fears have been unearthed. They probably don't fit that well next to each other. Um and and so even in that moment, it was like, okay, they probably they just picked DeJounte, right? Yeah. And then that wasn't the case either. So that's the other thing that's kind of been the theme throughout all of this. And this kind of ties back into when I talked about how, you know, the Spurs weren't tanking until it was like, this is the season we want to tank. You know, like we didn't, mm-hmm. it wasn't literally until the July before that season that they were in full tank mode. Um, he's been stealthy with his decisions as well. And, and obviously I'm sure other NBA front office types could, could smell it a little bit, especially with the Spurs track record. But for us as fans and everybody observing in our audience, mm-hmm. it was, it was very stealthy, which is well, another thing that you like to see. If you're a fan of Gilbert arenas and his podcast, you might even say it was uh, set up by the NBA. <laughs> right. Cause he, he did. He was like, hey, so the Spurs I said got it Wendy. was rigged on our, on our, on our live show. So yep. I got nothing to say. <laughs> he, he absolutely believes it's rigged. He was like, they did it and no one said a word. And he was like every other team that tanked, they were like talking about it. It was national media coverage. It was like the Spurs, they were obviously tanking and nobody said a damn word. No, but like, he is right. right about that yeah. though, because still it felt like, like, remember even like, this was like a week before the draft. It was like, who is the best fit for Wembenyama? And it was like, Portland, you yeah. know, like, like, and I, I get it. Obviously they have Dame, but still it was like every team other mm-hmm. than the Spurs. Now, now that was a little bit of a unique example there, but still in other conversations on ESPN, I'm sure so many of you watched and as per usual, until he got drafted by us, we're not going to be on there. Yeah. Suddenly <laughs> everyone was like, Oh yeah, I forgot they exist. <laughs> That's right. We can turn on sports center and maybe see a little bit. I'm glad that that, that the hiatus that Victor has taken though, Ethan, mm-hmm. that, that has also been the same. Uh, there has yeah. been a little bit of stuff here and there that ESPN's done, but he hasn't been doing any appearances or, you know, they haven't been getting footage or anything. I'm sure when the season starts, we'll be right back there and I will be happy about that. Yes. Um, but it just, it, him not being in the media in that aspect reinforces what he said at summer league. Yeah. And you know what he's doing? He's in the lab, Jude. Yes. He's working out. He is. He's getting strong. (laughs) He is Ethan. He is. I'm excited. (laughs) And Keldon's cooking. Oh man. I I, talk. Oh yeah. (laughs) Yeah, No, please tell me, tell me. They were cutting up avocados and making some salsa and stuff, bro. He was, he was, he was yeah. He needs to make some beignets, bro. I think it was an HEB like TikTok. Okay, okay, my bad, my bad. That's that's all hate on me, actually. It's all right, buddy. It's no, because right, if it's an HEB TikTok, it's worth it. I was just, you know, in light of Victor, it's just like everything feels French. 
or feels like it has to be French. But um, <laughs> I thought you were saying like feels like no, foul, like like a no, bad word. No, no. I was just saying that's why you were saying whatever they were cooking up, and then when you explained it, I'm like, oh, that's an H E B thing. Never mind, because I support all the Spurs H E B content. It's like the best Spurs content. Absolutely, it is. But, but I, I was gonna say I, <laughs> no, I forgot to say to like it. an actual good point here because we were talking about <laughs> Web and Yama was in the gym and just in a, in a cocoon without cameras or without any social media coverage at all. He hasn't been active at all. Um, Devin Vassell has, and he's just casually been posting some photos of himself working out with who? Kevin Durant. That's uh, right. Looking really buff. Like we thought he was ripped last off season. He looks, he looks yoked, my guy. And he yeah. looks focused. Like he doesn't, he's not smiling in any of his pictures. He's mm-hmm. like determined, focused on, on the task at hand. So I'm pumped for Devin. Because he really had a season derailed last year, if we want to be completely honest, by injuries and that surgery. We didn't get to see full strength Devin Vassell mm-hmm. for longer than like a three-game stretch. So as much as we are excited to see Wembenyama and Sohan and how are they going to work well together, will KJ start, blah, blah, blah. Devin Vassell is starting. That's a fact. Mm-hmm. And so I think he might have the best statistical outbreak next season next to the rest I of the 100% game. agree on top of the fact that he didn't even get to play a full season this year and he yep. was by far the most consistent as we've talked about many a times off the dribble scorer yes. on the team but Ethan there is some news that I saw before the podcast that I forgot I I about that I've got to put on the screen here in a second and you probably know what it is I think so. since you just said that um, but we're gonna go ahead and throw this puppy up here Yes, right now <laughs> so there we go this is like so important like how did we forget to, you know what i'm saying True. so case at 12 breaking earlier today at four o'clock so about three hours from when we're recording this um a source at case uh or a source tells case that the san antonio spurs are finalizing a deal with frost bank for the naming rights of their arena that makes sense Heck yeah i mean i was i was wondering i was very confused i was wondering if there was going to be um, if AT&T was going to maybe try to get back in the mix just because of the Wembenyama result in the lottery. Um, L, L, lol, sorry, at AT&T. <laughs> you thought it wasn't going to be a good investment, but now it's the best investment in the league, lol. Anyways, I had to say that. Um, <laughs> um, or, or it, as of right now, we'll, yeah. we'll see. Knock they're, on they're wood, right everything. <laughs> yeah. Um, but Frost, it makes sense. They're on they're on the well, I know they're not on the jersey anymore, but Frost and the Spurs have had, I mean, I, I feel like going to games growing up, there was always some sort of frost promotion. They've they've they're a Texas bank. I mean, mm-hmm. I that's my favorite building in San Antonio, <laughs> is the Frost Tower. And and they they're iconic in um in Austin too. Is it like an owl in San Antonio? It's not an owl. Okay, it's the an building? owl. In Austin, it, it's an owl, dude. It looks like it's an like, owl. It like looks- turns. It's like, I don't know how to describe it. It's like multiple points and it kind of turns upward. It has lights on the on the edges. And for Fiesta, they turn it Fiesta colors. And for Spurs games, they light it up with Fiesta colors. It's a cool building. And I love that little logo. I forgot that it wasn't on our jerseys anymore. I'm hoping it'll be on the on the, on the floor because I actually think it's- I'm a, sure. Like, it's simple, but it's like- it works with the Spurs. It's white, you know. It really it meshes well with our colors. Yes, yes, for sure. Um, the Frost Forum, the Frost, the Frost Forum. Yes, the Frost. Anyway, I'm just it, when I saw that, I was like, okay, that makes sense because they were our jersey sponsor before. Obviously, they weren't anymore. But with with Wembenyama, I'm sure it was just a bidding war. The House of Frost. 
Ooh. I, that is, I feel like it's just going to be the Frost Center. I, that's what I feel like it's going to be. You're probably right. Because we're not, <laughs> until we build, like, until we build a new arena, I don't think that we'll change the, like, the second part. Hot take. Name. I don't think I'll see another arena until I'm, like, 40. Oh, yeah, with all that talk. Oh, my gosh, dude. I don't know. I, I totally could see um, in, like, 10 years. If if there's a lot of success mm. and Wembenyama, Wembenyama's, um, I, I could see in, like, 10 years. But, like, that's the fastest. You know what I yeah. mean? Like, like that's still like, I don't think that's gonna, I don't think that's gonna be around for his whole career. I, I mean, I would love a beautiful downtown stadium, but it's like, we're getting a little bit of a, ahead of ourselves here. You know, you gotta, yeah. you gotta, as much as he's going to bring in a bunch of revenue and like it, all the potential for the revenue is there. One, you never know what could happen in his career. <laughs> so you gotta, you gotta keep your fingers crossed with that. But then the other thing is, is still that money's just not there yet. Like it's gotta come in for that to be a legitimate thing to like start that process. So yeah. we, we've got to have like a significant increase in revenue for like three to four years to start having that discussion. But you know, when I talk about that, Oh, I'm boring you're using logistics and realistic talk so. i mean if you want realistic talk you know why it was built where it was built because it's trashy and it was cheap land like let's be honest i love san antonio that is like the worst <laughs> part of san antonio to be in like i had a buddy that was there he's not from the area he said he was walking to that waterburger that's like across the street from that that heb that's right there I don't know if you know the area well enough. I, I do. I mean, I don't. I don't know. I'm trying to remember where the the Whataburger is, but it's, I know the area. I still get where you're coming from. Trust he was me. Walking at two in the morning back to his hotel, oh. and I was like, Ooh. "You were there." I was like, "You were, bro." Like, I'm surprised you didn't see the crackheads because they hang out by that HEB. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say I don't. I don't know about um. It's a rough yeah. part of town. Yeah, it's two, a, two 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 a.m is a little little dicey to, to be out the, in that in, in the the AT&T center stomping grounds but yeah. no that, that that really is the truth about the stadium it is. um but anyways selfishly uh, i would like it to be the north side kind of where the practice arena is right now cuz i live relatively close to that area i'm not going to say exactly where <laughs> <laughs> no but that would be nice it would be closer would be. for you yes it would We'll see. We'll see with all that type of stuff, Ethan. But but to wrap up on Brian Wright's blueprint moving mm. forward, Ethan, just to put a bow on the on this episode here today. Mm. Um he has been willing, like he's been he's he's still not a blockbuster guy. That's the yeah. point that I'm trying to get at. While yeah. he's done more with the Spurs when it comes to these trades that I think was important, and and there's been a lot of um comments that he's made that have led me to believe that it feels like he he kind of had to push the organization to make some of these moves like to let go of a Derek White or a DeJounte Murray and 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 just go full rebuild after mm -hmm. the DeRozan era as, as well as the well the DeRozan trade was that his first move actually it would have been his first like because that was trade. 2019 right DeRozan. It was the offseason after we drafted uh, DeRozan Spurs trade. I'm just going to double check this here. No, he played one. DeRozan played with Keldon one year. So he drafted, or he did not draft Keldon, but he came in these some, the July after we drafted wow. Keldon. We traded, we, this is, it was more than I thought. We traded uh, DeRozan in 2021. 
Yeah, actually. That's right. He played two years. It just feels, it just feels so, that time feels so far away. That was such an interesting. We were in purgatory. I know. It was just such a, it was like, I was, I love DeMar because it was just Mm -hmm. like, he was kind of in the same situation as us. Like he didn't want to be traded. We didn't want to trade Kawhi, but it just was what it, you know what I mean? We were both in San Antonio with the, with the results of the circumstances. And, yep. and he, you know, he was, he, he was good to the, uh, you know, the community. He bought a lot of local merch and promoted it and stuff too. So he was good. DeMar, DeMar was great, but um, I know that time, Brian, I was getting back to something with, with, with you were Brian saying Wright's timeline. It's not going to be big moves. It's going to be regularly scheduled programming. We're keeping Keldon. We're keeping Devin. That's we're basically not, what we're not making a trade in young that. guys. <laughs> that's a, that's essentially what I was getting to other than the DeRozan move, which like basically think about it. DeMar DeRozan, Derek White, DeJounte Murray. Those are all like, I mean, well, <laughs> I was going to say they're all guys who who can help playoff teams. That's probably the best way that I could put it. But then I was saying, well, technically Chicago is not a playoff team and, and neither is Atlanta. But I think y'all get the point that I'm trying to say here. Those are like, those are guys who would be starters, yeah. you know, like contributors on teams, They are. you know, and, and we decided in that time period to let go of all of them. And it, it seems like, like I said, there's been comments that Brian Wright's made. I can't think of, every example off the top of my head right now but one that i can think of is like during the um after we got the number one pick on espn he's like you know they would have probably thrown me in the river if uh if if this didn't work out you know he said something like that and it's because i'm pretty sure i mean all of those moves were made by him and they weren't those type of moves weren't being made before he got here that's kind of what we talked about in this basically a segment a little while ago Mm -hmm. um and without him, you know, doing that, essentially we wouldn't be in this situation and we wouldn't have all of the guys that we do. And and the other thing, like you said, that I, that I wanted to get into as well was the fact that while he did make those moves and he was willing to do those, everything after that, he didn't, you know, there were no blockbuster moves after that, mm-hmm. you know, it was like, it was all calculated. It was all specific it wasn't just like he was like, okay, let's just go trade all of our most players to get the best assets that that we can get back. Although that was kind of what he did. It mm-hmm. wasn't like he was just like, let's just go do it all right now. Let's just go try to get those assets back as fast as possible. It was like, no, okay, we're going to get rid of DeRozan here. We're going to evaluate DeJounte and Derek more. We're going to let them develop a little bit more, see how they work with the roster. Okay, we can see that Keldon's kind of emerging. He might have a little bit of a higher ceiling than both of these guys. You know, Devin's starting to show a little bit of flashes. And the other thing about Brian Wright is that he's getting all of the intel from practice and training camp, not just from being there, but also the counsel I'm sure that he has with with, with Greg Popovich and, and the coaching staff as well. So if they're telling him things about the young guys that is exceeding some of the other dudes on the roster – that could kind of push him and and give him the confidence to make the decisions that he did. But yeah. he had to have the cojones to do that. You see, mm. you see what I'm saying? Cause you could have said, Hey, we don't know how these other guys are going to turn out. Let's stick with these guys who are sure things and know the Spurs way. But then you're sitting at 45 and 37 in 2023. You see what I'm saying? Like yes. if he doesn't, 
go out on a limb to make those moves. And if he doesn't, if he doesn't make the decision, Ethan, I've talked and sat here and said all this stuff. This is really what sums it up in one sentence. If he doesn't make the decision to end the playoff run, the 20 year playoff run with the moves that he makes, you know, we're not sitting here with Victor Wembanyama. And that, regardless of what anyone says, like, and regardless of who he had around him, that takes a lot of, of, of balls, like I said, to like, mm-hmm. like, that is a harder thing than probably we realize, you know, especially when you're having to tell, imagine you're having to tell RC and Pop, like, hey, I know you guys believe in yourselves and believe in the formula and what you can do with this roster, like always, but like we need to we need to cut it off for a couple years if we're gonna have a chance. I mean, that's imagine telling Pop and RC, like, right now, y'all don't have it. We need to get the roster better because even if you think we have the talent to compete here, we don't. You know? Because mm-hmm. that's what we were trying to do with those guys. I mean, like we were trying to play Keldon at the four, we were trying to make it all fit. And, you know, pop was even, his mentality was completely different on the sidelines at that point. And it really took until this season to, you know, or or last season, I'm sure, you know, in the middle of it to, to finally, um, Mm -hmm. you know, reap the benefits of that process. 1000%. And my last statement, I I agree with everything that you just said. He's done a wonderful job and it took a lot of guts to make those decisions, but the difference between his past trades with DeJounte, Derek, Jakob, Jay Rich, and trades that he might be making moving forward, he has remained adamant and committed that he is keeping this young core intact for yeah. the foreseeable future. I mean, we were the only, like fans are the only ones in the past saying, oh, we're not going to trade DJ and Derek. Like he wasn't saying anything. Like we were just like, no, there's no way because we don't do that. We would yeah. never do that. And he did it. And he never said otherwise. So, so far he's been a man of his word. So I'm, I'm willing to buy that he is not wanting to make any blockbuster moves going forward. Yeah, at least this season. He said yeah. it in multiple interviews. He said it verbatim. Mm-hmm. We are, what will determine like our trajectory this season is, is the guys who are on the court. He said that in an interview after the draft. Mm-hmm. I mean, and even beforehand, he said in multiple interviews, before people could even finish their questions, go look at Tom Orsborn, go look at Mike Finger, go look at Matthew Tynan, um, and go look at Jeff McDonald as well. Those are all like the main, that's the three dudes from the San Antonio News Express, and then also Matthew Tynan, who's been covering for a while and does corporate knowledge on Substack. They all say in all of their interviews before the draft, before they could finish their question on about would you consider trading Devin or Keldon to trade up in the draft? He said no before they could finish the question at all. And it's because, and and I'm not saying that's going to be the case, you know, forever, but for this season, we are not moving those guys. We are seeing how they fit around Victor Wembenyama. And considering that both of them are like, I mean, Devin Vassell is a sniper already. I mean, and, and on top of his ability, that's increasing to shoot off the dribble and as a creator, but like he's, he fits in perfectly as a three and D guy. If before you even talk about the other emerging skill sets that we're seeing, just placing him around Victor. And I think if Keldon gets more open shots, which he will get next to Victor, that should help his shooting percentage as well, which we saw the potential at the beginning of the year last year of how hot he can get shooting the ball. Mm -hmm. Um, so it's just like, to me, it's like these dudes fit perfectly around your big. Like, what are you talking about? They're mm-hmm. 23 and 22. There's a reason that we gave Keldon an $80 million contract mm-hmm. for four years. 
And, Agreed. And, and the other thing is too, and I've said this in, in the last episode, but just once again, there's also other things that Brian Wright and, and the team and every and basketball teams in general evaluate on a team with a player that doesn't necessarily have to do with anything on the court. Example number one, Draymond Green. <laughs> like, Facts. like there's as much as the court does matter, like how you, your presence, your energy, especially with a guy like Keldon, when it's so prevalent, that brings something to the team that mm-hmm. even if he's having a bad shooting night, he can positively affect, you know, the, the, the mental side, or even he can still positively affect things on the court with just his, his, his presence, mm-hmm. you know? And I'm not saying that Keldon's necessarily, you know, there yet where he's affecting the game with just his presence. But on bad shooting nights with Keldon, he's going to be the loudest guy on the bench still. And that's that's the reason. I mean, that's one of the reasons that the Spurs gave him that contract on top of, you know, his, his ability on the floor. So people can criticize all that type of stuff. But the reason that the Spurs believe in him is because of stuff that is also important to basketball that isn't necessarily basketball, if that makes sense. A thousand percent. I have nothing to add. All righty, y'all. Well, I know I had a lot of rants in this episode. We went we went all over the place a little bit with Be Right. So I appreciate you you being with me here, Ethan. Uh, and if y'all enjoyed today's content, don't forget to hit that like button and that subscribe button below. If you want to stay updated with the show, go ahead and follow us on Twitter. I'm just going to keep calling it Twitter because y'all know it's Twitter. Um, at SSPN on YT, at Jude McLaren, and at Ethan underscore Quintero to stay updated with the show we appreciate you guys tell us your thoughts on what you think of brian wright's uh facilitation of this spurs rebuild has gone and 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 the little nooks and crannies maybe that that people have missed tell us your thoughts on it in the comments we appreciate you guys we'll catch y'all the next one see y'all later